man, I, I love Christmas season. I, I love this time of year. Um, Evan is old enough now to where he's recognizing some things, and he, he loves Christmas trees and Christmas lights. And uh, yesterday we went down to Searcy to the, the Living Nativity down at First Assembly down there and drove through there. If you've never done that, man, I highly encourage you to go. It is uh, top-notch uh, what they do down there. Uh, I think they, they did it this weekend, they'll do it next weekend, and I think they're done for the season. So um, if you get a chance to go down there, but we went through that and went through the Christmas lights and, um, and all that stuff, and, and it's just such a special time of year. And, and I, I love seeing it through the eyes of kids, you know, like, you know, Evan's seeing this stuff for the first time, and, and he's just like in awe of it. Like every time he sees a Christmas tree, he's like, take me to the Christmas tree, you know, I, I need to see this thing. And so uh, I, I love this time of year. And, and as we're talking in our Christmas series, we're doing peekaboo. Uh, we're talking about seeing Jesus all throughout the Bible and, and how uh, the Bible is the story of Jesus, whether it's Old Testament, New Testament, uh, if you're in the, uh, if, if you're looking through the prophets or whatever, man, it, it's all pointing back to Jesus. And so we're looking at different parts of the Bible that Jesus isn't necessarily the main character, but he's there. Uh, in it, and and I'm excited. The next few weeks, pastor's got a couple good, uh, good ones coming up. And but today, I want to talk to you about the star of Bethlehem, the star of Bethlehem. And this is always a main player in the, uh, in the Christmas story. And and one thing that I I think the universe, uh, you know, you go out at night, you know, it's dark out there, and you just look up and at the sky, and you know, just everything that God created. I think that's one of God's greatest masterpieces. Uh, that, that he created the universe, the stars, the planets, the universes. And, I mean, we haven't even seen the end of the universe, I mean, uh, of God's creation yet. And, and, and it's just so amazing to, to see what God made. And, and what the cool part of it is, is that when God said, let there be light, all this stuff just happened. You know, I mean, it all was set in place. But it wasn't just like haphazard, he just threw stuff out there. But it was very purposeful and in, in, in what he did, because you, you have the stars out there, and then you have planets, like our solar system, you know, there's, there's planets, they're, they're uh, orbiting the sun, and, and, and everything stays in place, and everything uh, is, is just like it's supposed to be, and, and you can actually go, and we make our calendar based on uh, the moon and the stars and all of those things, that's how consistent the universe is, and uh, it's amazing what God created uh, just within the universe and all of that stuff. I mean, if you can imagine, you know, the Earth. The Earth is the only planet in our solar system that can, uh, that can sustain life. We are just far enough away from the sun that we don't burn up, but we're close enough to the sun where we don't freeze. And it, I mean, and, and we rotate around the sun. We orbit around the sun. You know, we have two and a half seasons uh, here in Arkansas as we rotate around the sun. <laughs> Four seasons, and you know, and, and everything's set just perfectly, and and we can bank on it happening, uh, you know, just as God created, and it's just amazing thing that God created in the universe, and, and you know, God does everything in order and with purpose, and everything that He says and everything He does is in order, and so today, as we talk about the star of Bethlehem, I I think it's pretty amazing what God has created because uh, in in Psalm chapter nineteen. Verse 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech and they use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice 
goes out into all the heavens and their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God pitched a tent for the sun. I, I love that verse of scripture. I think that captures, you know, what God has created. The heavens declare the glory of God. I don't see how you can't look up at the sky and think, you know, this is just all random. Like, no, none of this is random. This just doesn't like bang, you know, whatever, and just happenstance, this all happens to work. No, 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 no. There's no way that you can think that. I, I, I mean, I can't imagine that. And so today we're going to talk about the star of Bethlehem. And uh, it, it's interesting. This has always kind of been a mystery to me, the star of Bethlehem, because as you read the scripture, it, it really doesn't make a lot of sense on what, uh, you know, they say about the star. You know, and how, you know, the star was, in my mind as a kid, you know how kids' imaginations are. I always imagine like this little cartoony star like that came down and was talking to the Magi. You know, he was the, the tour guide and he's like, okay, there's a king born in Jerusalem. You follow me and I'll show you where to go. And, you know, he dances in front of him. And show, you know, I mean, that's always kind of what I thought as a kid. Never put, you know, a lot of thought into, you know, what the star actually is, you know. And, and all of the things that the scripture says about the star and how this actually works, what actually happened. And so today I want to take you on a journey uh, into the stars uh, and along with the story of the Magi and the star Bethlehem and the birth of Jesus and all of the things that happened. And I want to connect the stars with the story today. Now, some of you are thinking, I know uh, you're talking astrology now. Uh, that is wrong. That is bad. There's a difference between astronomy and astrology, okay? Astronomy is the study of the stars, their movements, and, and, and all of those things. Astrology is taking that information and basing your life on it and predicting the future with it and, and looking to the stars uh, for, for guidance. And, and that, that part is wrong. See, that is called worshiping the stars, and, and that's, we're supposed to be worshiping the creator of the stars. And so we don't worship the creation, we worship the creator. And I believe that God was very purposeful when he created everything that this moment in time for the Magi, what they saw, what caused them to follow the star and to find the, the baby Jesus. What was it that was actually going on? And so, you know, so we're going to be talking astronomy uh, about this today. Don't mind that. It's good. Safety team's got us. <laughs> but God created all this stuff. Isaiah 40, verse 26, it says, Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? Who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them forth each by name? Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Did you know that God named the stars and not people? Like as we look into to astronomy, we see the constellations. Uh, we see all the different names, you know, like Leo and Virgo. And, and we, you know, we see all these names thrown around. And, and a lot of times we begin to think like horoscopes and, and all that stuff. But, but all of that stuff is a counterfeit of what God created because God created these things and he named these things. We can see all the way back in the book of Job. Now, it's believed that the book of Job is the oldest book of the Bible. Uh, we, we can't say that for sure, but we believe that uh, Job happened even before Abraham and all that stuff. And so it's one of the oldest books of the Bible. And listen to what God is saying to Job in, in 38, uh, starting in verse 31, says, Can you bind the chains of Pleiades or loosen the belt of Orion? 
Can you bring forth the constellations in their season and lead out the bear and her cubs? Do you know the laws of the heaven and can you set their dominion over the earth? God is saying, I'm in charge of all this stuff. I've named all of this stuff. And, and, and all of this was set in place you know, before all of the astrology stuff came out. And so as we're looking at this, uh, we're not you know, stepping away from our belief as Christians and getting to astrology. But this is God's creation. This is God's handiwork that we're talking about here today. So let's go to Matthew chapter 2 today and let's look at this story. And I want to pull out eight things about this star that we're going to look at today and find out what exactly was going on. What exactly are we looking at as far as the star of Bethlehem? Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod the Magi from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Then King Herod heard this and was disturbed in all of Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written, For you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and find out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship. And after they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it, when it rose, when it came ahead of them, until it stopped over a place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. <coughs> Excuse me. That made me lose my place. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presents uh, with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And have, having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And so here we see this, this star of Bethlehem. <coughs> and there's some interesting things in here. There's some very specific things uh, that we see. First of all, let's talk about the Magi. We don't see a lot of background of Magi in the Scripture. We just know that they're from the East. Uh, the word Magi is where we get our... Uh, word magic from, and so they were, uh, they they were considered uh, not really magicians, but they were considered uh, the scientists of the day. Uh, they were they were probably the astronomers of the day, and so we know that they came from the the east, um, and and so we call them wise men, you know, in in our story. And so, uh, what would cause these wise men from the east who are not Jews? To see a star and to bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh from the east to Jerusalem to worship a baby. There must have been something very significant that happened in the sky to cause this to happen. Because if they are wise men, if they are scientists, you know, they're not just like randomly chasing a star. You know, this is something that they've studied. <coughs> Excuse me. This was something that they've studied all their lives. And when it happened, they knew what they were seeing. And so 
Here, let me show you about eight things uh, about this star uh, that we're going to talk about today. First of all, this star signified birth to them. It, you know, there was a birth that happened. It signified a birth of a king. It signified a birth of a king in Jerusalem to them. Okay? Another thing that we see is this star rose in the east. How many stars rise in the east? All of them do. So that's not really that big a deal. I don't, it mentions it. It rises in the east. So They were looking eastward when they saw this star. It appeared at an exact time. See, King Herod asked, when exactly did this star appear? Uh, let me know that. Because, you know, he, was, he didn't notice it happen, but he knew people that probably did notice, and so he was trying to find out exactly when this star appeared. That means that this is something that happens in the sky that doesn't typically happen. It's not a normal thing that happens. It's a rare event that caused these people to take notice of what was going on. This star endured for a significant amount of time. If these people are from the east, uh, they saw this star and they traveled from where they were all the way to Jerusalem. And, and we know that, you know, the wise men didn't show up when Jesus was still a baby. Y'all know that, right? You know, all of our nativity scenes aren't exactly correct. You know, it was, you know, he was a toddler uh, at the time. Thank you, sir. Uh, he was a toddler at the time, actually, uh, when the Magi appeared. And so the star went ahead of them. The star went ahead of them. Uh, see, now, as we're looking at the Magi, uh, we just know from, from the Bible that they come from the east. Uh, you know, we sing, sing the, thing, the, the song, We Three Kings of Orient Are. Uh, some people think they came from the Orient, uh, but I don't believe that they were that far away. Uh, I believe that they were actually from Babylon. Does anybody know where Babylon is at? Or used to be, I should say. Over in Iraq, uh, it, it would be about, about 60 miles southwest of Iraq, uh, of where that's at today. And so that's kind of where Babylon was at. And, and the reason I think this is because if these wise men, if these magi were not Jewish, then how would they recognize a Jewish sign in the stars? Has anybody ever thought of that? There, there's so much mystery to this star, it, it, it's crazy. And, and, and I'll give you some reference to all this stuff because I'm not a scientist. I'm not an astronomer. Uh, I, I've done a lot of research on this. There's a great website. Y'all might want to write it down, Bethlehemstar.com. Uh, this was a, a lawyer that, that took up this, uh, this study and went with it and, and found a lot of stuff uh, on this. And so a lot of what my research came from them. And I went and checked it. You know, I just don't want to take one person's word for it. Went back and checked on some stuff and, and everything lined up. Uh, but, but as we, what, what would cause the Magi who were not Jewish to recognize a Jewish star and know that there was a Messiah or a king that was born? Well, if you remember all the way back in the time of Daniel, uh, you know, it was that, that uh, Babylonian exile that came and they took uh, a lot of people from, from Jerusalem and took them back to uh, Babylon. And, and Daniel was one of the, the main people. Remember, he interpreted dreams and stuff. And so, if you read in the Bible, he's among that magi 
that when the king would call on uh, you know, his advisors, you know, he had magicians, he had astrologers, he had astronomers, he had all kinds of different people that he would, he would ask questions to and get guidance from. And, and one of them were the magi, and they would study the stars. And so he would ask the magi, what are the stars telling us? And so, and we know that Daniel didn't worship the stars, right? He got his information not from the stars, but from the creator of the stars. And so that's how he interpreted his, his. And so we see that Daniel was actually probably one of the magi back during that time. Uh, he was one of the top advisors. And what do you think a top advisor would do for the people coming up underneath him? He's probably teaching them the ways of how to do this thing. And I believe that as he was teaching them astronomy, he was weaving in the Jewish story of what God was speaking. And so the reason the Magi then probably recognized that this was a star that signified a Jewish birth of a king was because they have been taught this through their school this whole time. And so they were taught to recognize this stuff. And so it's amazing how God sets everything up. I mean, the Babylonian exile was horrible. I mean, it was just an awful time. And, and you know, we see Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and all these guys who who stayed faithful to the faith, who stayed faithful to God during this time, and God used them to create something thousands of years later that would bring forth the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And, you know, it's just amazing how God works all of this stuff uh, together. And so, um, so the star went ahead of them. I got off track there for a second, but that's all right. The star went ahead of them, and so they would have seen it in the west because Baghdad is west of Jerusalem, right? Wait, no. Jerusalem is west of Baghdad. <laughs> Think about that a second. And so as they saw the star rise in the east, they saw all these signs. But when it came time to follow the star, it was in the west. And so they knew to head westward to Jerusalem. And the last thing that we see significant about the star is that the star stopped over Bethlehem. The star stopped over Bethlehem. Now, do stars stop? No. If you look at the night sky, I mean, they're in constant motion, which it's not the stars in motion, it's us in motion, y'all know that. That's called uh, retrograde motion is what that is. We're moving, they're not, okay? And, but it looks like they're moving. So from our point of view... The stars are moving, but in, in fact, we're the ones moving. And so it, it's kind of that thing like when you're, when you're passing somebody on the highway, you got that slow person going around, and you finally pass them, and you, y'all don't do that, do you? Anyway, you pass them real fast, and it looks like they're going backwards, you know, but actually they're still going forward. You're just going faster than them. That's called retrograde motion. And so it, it changes your viewpoint of what something is doing, and we'll, that becomes significant here in just a little bit. And so these things about the star, that's what makes it a mystery is that, man, there's so much to this star that, that it doesn't make sense. You know, what was significant about that? <clears throat> and so, you know, there's been people for centuries and centuries mapping the stars. You can go all the way back to ancient uh, China, and, and they've been mapping the stars for centuries and centuries. And, and there's been people throughout history that, that are way smarter than me that come up with these mathematical calculations to where you can show that where each star and each planet was at any given time in history. How that works, I have no idea. But 
People are smart, and they, they know how to do that. And so there's actually programs out there now. Uh, in fact, I downloaded a computer program that will show me what the sky looked like at any given time in history. Man, it, it's cool, man. I, I had a lot of fun playing with it this week. And, and I was showing some people, like, you got to check this out, you know, and make the sky go and do stuff. It was really cool. Um, and, so, uh, and so today I want to line up the story of the star and the magi with what was going on in the sky at the time. Because it had to be something significant to make the wise men leave their home and go on a long journey to find a baby. So what was going on? See, and, and as we look at this, you know, we're trying to come up with dates. We're trying to figure out, you know, when things happen. And, and one thing that we can use is, is Herod. Uh, the Herod that was the king, you know, there's a long line of Herods that, that ruled in Jerusalem. And, and this particular Herod, he began his rule in 4 B.C. until 6 A.D. And so Jesus was born during that time. And so we can kind of narrow uh, time down to that. And so, you know, you begin to look for significant things happening in the sky. And we can go to September of 3 B.C. And this is where we begin to see some things happening in the sky that don't usually happen, all right? And I've got some pictures. I've got some little videos we're going to put up on the screen here today. Hopefully, y'all can kind of see them. I know this gazebo is a little bit uh, blocking the view a little bit, but I want to show you some things here. And so, uh, let's go to that first thing, T. Uh, I, I can't remember what order I put stuff in. That's why I got to you. All right, and so what's happening here? This was happening in the sky in, in September of 3 B.C. Uh, what we see here is this the star that is moving is actually called Jupiter. Y'all know Jupiter, right? Biggest planet in our solar system. Uh, it's, uh, in, in astronomy, it's called the king planet. It, it's the king. It's the biggest. It's the best planet. And then we see a thing up here that says Regulus. That is one of the brightest stars in the sky, and that's called the king star. And so what we see here, what, what we're going to show you here today, didn't happen in one night. It didn't happen in one week. This was months and even over years that this was happening in the sky. And, and different things were happening at different times. And so as we see this, uh, we see the king planet circling the king star right there. And, and it's making, that was the path of Jupiter during that. And what does that kind of look like going above it? Kind of looks like a little halo, right? Or, or maybe a crown. And so here, as they begin to see this, they were like, okay, you know, they'd seen this happen before. They'd seen Jupiter go by Regulus, but it went by three times within a short period of time. And it's like, okay, I, we have never seen that before. This is something significant. And so here we see the king planet circling the king star in the sky. And you want to know what constellation this is happening in? See, as we look at the constellations, and, and like I said, you know, this isn't astrology. This is astronomy stuff. And, and that as we look at the different ones, um, does anybody know what tribe that Jesus was born into? The tribe of Judah is, is where the Messiah was supposed to come through. And do you know what one of Jesus' names were when he was here? He was the what of the tribe of Judah? The lion of the tribe of Judah. And see, this is all happening within the Leo uh, constellation, which is a lion. And so here we see something. That, this is something they haven't seen before. They're starting to take notice of some things. And so it's like, oh, okay, well, this is pretty cool. Um, King Star, King Planet, circling in Leo, and, and it's pointing them that direction. 
But that's not all. God didn't stop there. Let's go to the book of Revelation real quick. And, and you know, we know that the book of Revelation is clear-cut. It's easy to understand. Um, I can see who's read the book of Revelation recently. Dude, I, that, that, that book's crazy. You know, I mean, it's full of imagery and prophecy and, and, and you know, it's stuff that doesn't always make sense. But there's some things that I can pick out within this that could help us. I want to read a verse to you and see if anything kind of sticks out. Where's my other piece of paper here? Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. A great sign will appear in the heavens. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in the heaven. An enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept through the stars, a third of the stars out of the heavens and flung them to the earth. And the dragon stood at the foot of the woman who was about to give birth, so that it may devour her child the moment that he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. All right, now, what story does this sound like? It sounds like Mary giving birth. So there's a pregnant woman. She's about to give birth. There's an enormous red dragon. Um, we see later on in the book of Revelations, it, it tells us that Satan is the red dragon uh, in here. And so we see that it said there's a third of the stars that it swept and threw it out on the earth. What does that signify? When Satan was thrown out of heaven and a third of the angels went with him, and, the, and the, the red dragon is waiting for the baby to be born so he could devour it. Uh, here we see the, the picture of the birth of Jesus in that the devil knows it's happening and he's ready and he's trying everything he can to get rid of the Messiah when it comes. And so uh, we see this in, in the prophecy and revelation uh, of this happening. We also know that this red dragon signifies Herod because Herod is the one sitting here ready uh, and wanting to kill the baby Jesus when he comes. All right, so the same night that we saw this last thing, you know, the Jupiter and Regulus and all that stuff. Let me show you a video of what happened at sunrise that day. As we look at uh, what's happening here on the horizon, we see Venus, which is the mother planet. It is rising uh, within Virgo. Uh, does anybody know what Virgo means in Latin? How many Latin folks we got? It means virgin. And so here we see the virgin uh, rising with the sun. She's clothed in the sun. And, and you never guess what's at her feet. The new moon is going to be at her feet. See, and, and this is happening. The moon will eventually get there. <laughs> but it, it's a new moon, so you really can't see it there. And so the new moon signifying new life, new birth. This is the Jewish New Year. This is happening uh, as the sun is clothed, as Virgo is clothed with the sun. It's another sign in the heavens. This happened on the same day that they saw this. And this is when they began to take notice of what was going on in the heavens. And see, like I said, this isn't just a one-day event, but this happens over months uh, of these signs happening in the star. I believe that this was the conception of Jesus. That this is when the conception, when, when, when the, the angel came and visited with Mary and saying, you know, you'll, you'll give birth to a son, you'll name him Jesus, 
You know, and that whole thing, I believe that this was about when that happened. Um, and, and we see this in September of 3 B.C. So do you think something in about nine months, do you think there will be something else significant happen in the sky? Because, you know, nine months, that's about when the baby's born, right? Okay. So in, in nine months, if we fast forward to, to June of 2 B.C., there's something else that happens in the sky that's pretty cool. All right, and um, what do we got here, T? All right, you see it right there? Isn't that, isn't that awesome? Y'all see that? There's a star in the sky, okay? And, and this is actually the star of Bethlehem. This is what they saw right before sunrise. Uh, and you'll notice, you might not be able to see it, but it's actually in the west. See, at first they saw it all in the east happening, and all of a sudden something's happening in the west. This is... Actually, one of the brightest stars that they had ever seen, and it, they took notice of it. Um, this is the way they saw it. Let's zoom in a little bit here, right here. And here, this is actually what we're seeing. It's two things that are coming together. Do you know what those two things are? Give me one more, T. Here we see it's the planet Jupiter, the king planet, and the planet of Venus, which is the brightest planet in the sky. And do you know what Venus is called? The mother planet. So here we see the king planet and the mother planet coming together. They don't overlap to cover each other up, but they come together nine months after that other thing happened to make the brightest star that they had ever seen. And that's when the Magi said, it's time. It's time. The birth has happened. This is what they call the star of Bethlehem. It was in the West. And so they began to prepare for their journey. They began to, to get things together. They knew something significant happened. The king of Israel had been born. And so they gathered their gifts and they started getting their stuff together. And, and I don't know if you've ever walked from, from Iraq to Jerusalem. Um, I don't know if anybody's made that trip. Um, they didn't have cars back then. They didn't have airplanes. You know, we would jump in an airplane and be there in about like an hour. Um, but from Babylon to Jerusalem, as the crow flies, as they say, um, it's 1,680-something miles from there. All right? That, that's a pretty, pretty long walk, right? And so we know that they didn't drive there, and so they were walking or riding camels or something. And so uh, there was a significant amount of time that it took them to get from Babylon to Jerusalem. All right? Let's just do a little math here. Let's say that you can make it 10 miles in a day walking. That's, you know, I, I think that would be a pretty good guess. And it's 1,680-something miles. That would take you about how many days? About 168 days or so. That's about five and a half months or so right in that area. So what do you think is happening in the sky five and a half months from when this happens? Okay, so I believe that this was the birth of Jesus this day. Um, we don't know the exact birth of Jesus. There's people that say they think it happened in April. Um, according to the stars, according to the, the sky, and what we're looking here, it happened in June. We, you know, it, it's really a guess. I, I'm, I can't say that for sure. But give them about, you know, five and a half months to travel from Babylon to Jerusalem. We know the baby's a toddler at this point, so that kind of makes sense. That kind of lines up. And, and 
the Bible tells us that as they get here, this is actually when we meet the Magi, when they show up in Jerusalem, they say, we saw the star rising in the east. That's what we saw on the first one. The king planet, the mother, uh, or the king planet, the king star, all of that stuff happening. And said, and we followed the star, which they were east of Jerusalem. So it, the star was in the west. And so they began to walk west towards Jerusalem. They show up in Jerusalem and they go to Herod and they say, hey, we saw the star. We saw the magnificent thing that happened in the sky. And we're here to worship the king. Where is he? And Herod's like, what? I, I don't know. I haven't heard of this. And so they find out that the baby was supposed to be born in, Jer or, or in, in Bethlehem. Now, I don't know if you've made the journey from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. Um, but it's not that far of a walk. In, in fact, Bethlehem is five miles south of Jerusalem. So, what we see in the story now, let's go back to the story. They said that it's going to be in Bethlehem. said, after they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Now, do stars stop? Now, again, let me remind you, this is not over like one night. This is, they're not looking like... Hey, right there's the star right now. You know, that's where it's got to be. We're talking about this happened over months, even years. And when we get here to this part, the Bible says that the star stopped over where the child was born. And so what do you think, this, what do you think happened here? See, we've been following Jupiter this whole time. So far, we've seen it in the east as it's rising uh, with, with Virgo and all of this different stuff. We see, we've seen it in the west when it lined up with Venus, and that's why they followed the star. And here again, we see Jupiter as the star that we're following. It's now in the south. It's now in the south. Okay, T, show me the next thing here. Okay, and so this is what the orbit of uh, Jupiter would have been like. Again, this is not one night, obviously. It's not a shooting star, but it slowly moves. And so over a period of... Say a month, it would make that journey, okay? Go to the next one. And so on the day that they would have shown up for this, um, go ahead and give me that next one, T. It's not working. Of course not. Why would it want to work? Here we go. All right, so we're following Jupiter. It's now in the south. And so we talked about retrograde motion a while ago, right? To where, you know, things do things and it looks like it's stopping and moving. And so this is actually what Jupiter did during that time. Do you see any dates up there you recognize? Am I saying Jesus was born on December 25th? No, stop that. All right, go to the next one now. Okay. And so we see December, whatever that says on the edge there. It's coming around. December 25th, it comes kind of to a place to where it's going to turn and go back the other way. So for the next week, December 25th to December 31st, it looks like it stops. But in reality, it's in one of those kind of turns. And so for a week, it sits atop of Bethlehem. And so that's what I'm saying. This didn't happen in just a day. But they looked at this thing for a week and said, that star is not moving. That's where he's at. See, they didn't want to just take Herod's word. Yeah, he's down in Jerusalem. Go find him. Well, let's see what the stars say. 
There's the star. It sits over Jerusalem for a week. And so they go down to Jerusalem and they worship. See, it was right around December 25th when the Magi showed up with their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, I don't know if that was God's plan or whatever. I don't know. You know, God does things I don't understand, but it just so happens that that happens to be the day. You know, the Jews don't even have the same calendar we do, you know, and so whatever. I, you can take that of what you want. And so it stops. Five miles south of Jerusalem, they see the star sitting over Bethlehem. Just as the prophecies have said, just as they have studied all of their lives, they're, they're living this out. They're like, man, I can't, can, right there it is. Just like, they, just like we were taught, just like they said it was going to be, it happened just like that. Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. See, the heavens declare the glory of God. See, from the moment that God created everything, he planned that. He wanted to announce to the world that his son was born. He sent angels to the shepherds. It's funny, we don't know how many magi there were. We assume three because there are three gifts, but we don't know how many magi they were. He did all of that for those people. Because he knew that there would be people that were studying this, and when they saw it, they would be like, oh, it's time. See, I believe that God does stuff for us sometimes that's extra. You know what I'm saying? God can be extra sometimes. Um, and, and that he does things for us just to prove that he's real. Has anybody ever experienced that God do something for you that just, you're like, God, you didn't have to do that, but... Dude, that was awesome, you know, you know what I'm saying? And, and this, he wanted to proclaim the birth of his son in the heavens. Now, someone threw this to me after service uh, earlier, and it blew my mind. said, we know that what we're seeing in the sky happened light years ago, right? And so, like, the stars we see, you know, they're light years away, and so we're just now seeing the light, so we don't know if that star is still there, whatever. Just think about God lined all of this up perfectly for that exact location across the generations that that planet and that star is going to line up just right. I don't know. That just blows my mind. I mean, I mean, God is just so amazing in what he does and what he plans out for us. So when we read about the star of Bethlehem, it wasn't some cartoony star jumping through the sky. Hey, follow me. But it was something God planned from the beginning of everything to be the exact time when he was going to send his son to die on the cross for us. So that there will be a sign in the heavens. You know, one of the cool things about God is that I believe that, that he's always revealing himself to people. In different ways, depending on the person, he reveals himself to different people in different ways. And this is just one of the ways that he revealed himself to these people in that moment. See, a lot of people ask, you know, like, you know, we believe that Jesus is the way, the way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then people ask, well, what about those people that never hear the name of Jesus? What about those people that have never seen a Bible or read a Bible? What about those people? I think God can reveal himself without using us. 
You know what I'm saying? God has planned this thing out so perfectly that he reveals himself generation after generation to everyone on the earth. And so that they might not have a Bible in front of them, but they can know God. Because he reveals himself generation after generation after generation. Think about Abraham. He didn't have a Bible. That was before Bible times. There was nothing written down before Abraham. Yet God revealed himself to Abraham and Abraham trusted him. See, God's revealing himself all across this world. God is showing himself to people, whether it be in the stars, whether it be within another person, whether it be uh, some happenstance that happens that we would call coincidence, but it was God moving to reveal himself to a person that might have their heart turned off to Christians because we don't always act right, right? We don't always reflect the light of Jesus. But see, God can still get to those people. See, that's God's plan. That's his story. See, we're living in his story. We're not living our story, but we're a part of his story. And so when we realize that this is his story, that we can join in with what he's doing and be a light to people. See, he doesn't have to use a preacher to get someone saved. He can use a star. He can use a gift. He can use someone smiling at another person. He can use anything to reveal himself to anybody. Are you willing to be that anybody? To be that anybody that God would use to reveal himself to somebody else. Man, I love this kind of stuff, man. Just God, just, whoo, God blows me away. All right, we got one more song to sing. We're about to wrap this thing up today. Hey, I'm excited for the next few weeks in this series. Pastor's got some really cool stuff. Um, you don't want to miss it. But in this moment, we're about to, to worship again. And, and I want you to worship today. We're going to have a prayer team up here. Prayer team, go ahead and come up. If you need prayer today, come forward. If you need to connect with God today, man, you can do that in your seat. You can pray with somebody. But God is reaching out to you today. He might have spoke something in your life that just blew your mind. That's God reaching out to you today. If you need to make Jesus Lord, please come and pray with one of these people. Today is your day. Miss Kay is in the back if, if you want to pray with her back there. But as we worship, let's all stand. Let's, let's pour our hearts out to God. Because he goes above and beyond anything that we ask, think, deserve. And we need to worship him for those.